Welcome back to The Restless Show. Thanks so much for joining us. We're a bunch of crazy young adults trying to live our Catholic faith in the midst of this mixed up world. I'm Father Joseph Gill out of Stamford, Connecticut, and I'm here with my friends Lauren, Javier, and Diane. Today we're going to talk about something that probably all of us wrestle with and deal with, and how do we overcome it? And it's the question of fear. Because all of us at one time or another are afraid. You know, when we're little kids, we're afraid of the monsters under the bed or, you know, the boogeyman in the closet. But when we grow up, our fears kind of grow up with us and we become afraid of much more you know, complicated things. So I'd love to hear from you guys. You know, what, what are you afraid of? Now, there may be just like the basic things like, you know, public speaking, but like also deeper stuff. Like, what are you afraid of? Diane, what do you think? Um, I mean, on a, I guess, a more practical level, I'm still scared of some of those things, you know, like bugs and flying and all that. But on a more serious level, I guess there's still the fear that, um, you know, I'm trying to figure out what my vocation is and just waiting for that to happen um, and trying to be patient um, and not fearful about nothing ever happening, I guess. Mm. Yeah, that can definitely be a fear. Now, in your, in your job, do you ever have to fly? Yes. How do you, how do you overcome that fear? Um, I normally take like melatonin or something. Oh, do you really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. To calm down. But, um, I just, you know, I say a lot of prayers and look out the window. That's right. Hope for the best. <laughs> Hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to do it. I mean, it's only one in, you know, a hundred thousand flights that crash. I think you're, you're good, right? Yeah. I just made that stat up on the spot right there. <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with it. Lauren, what do you think? What do you? Um, I don't have any concrete fears like that, like flying or anything that like really stands out. Uh, you just made me think of my childhood, though. So as a kid laying in bed, I would be afraid that my house was going to burn down in the middle of the night. And that would kind of torment me like, oh, I'm trying to sleep, but I really hope the house doesn't burn down, you know, <laughs> in the middle of the night. Um, so I guess maybe that means, you know, kind of fears around safety, like mm. wanting my family, you know, to be safe and when I was younger, if my mom would go out, I would worry about her, you know, if she stayed out past 11 p.m. And I'd be like, what the heck? You know, she's an adult. She's fine. She's at book club down the street. <laughs> but here I am, like, you know, I'm a little anxious and it, it felt silly. But I guess, I don't know. Well, now you know about something wrong, something going wrong. Now you know what parents go through when their kids are out oh, yeah. past curfew. And especially because I have a little brother. So I felt that with him, too. Really? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, definitely. But it's a part of life. It is, yeah. Yeah, we kind of grow up with that. Hoffie, what about you? So I didn't even contemplate this before COVID, but I'm 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 a strong extrovert, and uh, I'm I'm just afraid of isolation. Mm. I'm afraid of being alone for too long. Um, I was our office was closed for weeks, and I had to work from home. And after like three or four weeks. I found myself kind of going crazy. Like I told my supervisor because we were staggering shifts once the office opened up so that he and I would not be too close. Um, and I told him at some point, like three, four weeks in, I told him, I was like, if it's okay with you, I'm just going to come back every day. <laughs> if that's fine with you, because I can't, I can't do it. I can't be home alone and stuff. And it's not because I was afraid of being home alone. It's just, I needed interaction with people. It, it was good for alone time with the Lord. But I wasn't praying 24-7. Mm -hmm. So yeah. when I was actually working and just home alone, 
came to a point where I was like, I need to have interactions with people like face to face. And I didn't even know that. I bet there's a lot of people that felt that same way. Yeah. During this time of quarantine. Yeah. I was, I was, I was very afraid that my supervisor was going to say no and then how to deal with that. And I think it would, it would have just pushed me to lean on the Lord even harder. But that was, that's a fear that I didn't even know I had. Wow. Yeah. Wow. I had the opposite experience during the quarantine. I'm an introvert by nature. I loved it. I, I could have kept going. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I know. Like two months was too short. I wanna, uh, maybe six months, a year. Keep the people away. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I, I got I to gotta be upfront. I'm terrified of spiders. Mm. It's one of my greatest fears. You ever seen Lord of the Rings? Yes. You know, the, in the third movie where there's that giant spider that comes and like pierces uh, Frodo in the abdomen. Yeah. I, I like I had to close my eyes. You had to close. Your I eyes. was like gripping the seat like so hardcore <laughs> in the middle of the movie theater. I'm like, I can't do this. Can't do this. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, which is funny because I love to backpack and be outside. But that was right. That was when they were like in a cave or something like that, and the orcs were coming, and his uh, sword, yeah, blue and stuff. And yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. The so, scene I will never forget. I'm traumatized for life. <laughs> Now, so I mean, so the, some of those fears are kind of more, you know, basic. But so, how do you how do you deal with some of those fears? Because some of those fears are very real. You know, the fear of not knowing what your vocation is going to be, the fear of, um, you know, the fear of isolation, which I think probably some of us who are listening, you know, probably dealing with that. And maybe maybe we're dealing with it, and maybe you know we're not in a quarantine situation, but maybe we wonder if our friendships are real, if they're deep, if they're going to survive, you know, if they're going to last. Or, or certainly the fear of safety and security. Like, how do you how do you deal with fear? What's been your technique? Oh, I think for myself, I can recognize, you know, what's rational and what's not, you know, mm. and um, try to think through things. And um, of course, you could always, I think, you know, turn to our Lord, right? And even if it's just a small, simple prayer, like, I'm really uncomfortable right now. I feel really anxious. You know, please come and comfort me. And you know, whatever it might be. Not that I ever did that. <laughs> Not as a kid. <laughs> no, or, you know, as a teenager. But um, I think that's a, a great thing that we should all recognize and, and do and just bring God into those moments, ask for the Holy Spirit to come, right? And I think that could be really calming and reassuring. Yeah. When I was a seminarian, my first summer assignment was uh, in inner city Baltimore. And I just remember the first dinner with my pastor afterwards, he took me around the neighborhood and he showed me all the gunshots and he showed me the uh, places in the stained glass windows where bullets had pierced it and showed me where the drug dealers hang out. And I was a homeschooled kid from out in like Western Maryland where there's like no violence. And I was terrified that first night. I was like, you know, eyes wide open being like, am I going to die <laughs> this summer? Oh like what's going to happen? And that was exactly what I did. I was like, I just got to turn to God. Lord, Lord, my life's in your hands. I have no idea what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. My life's in your hands. Yeah. But Javi, you mentioned about, you know, if your supervisor had said, no, you can't come back to work, yeah. you know, you were just leaning to the Lord. Describe that. Like, what, so, how, would that, how would that take away that fear and that Yeah, suffering? so I think uh, it, it was during COVID, I, I, started, I started finding peace in listening to uh, podcasts and homilies. And um, one, of the, one of the podcasts that I listened to uh, was on anxiety uh, itself. And uh, they quoted uh, Philippians 4, 6, which says, have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. And to me, that all sounds like prayer. Pray, pray, 
pray and then pray some more, you know? <laughs> and, you know, I found so much peace in that, so much peace in that, like, not only prayer, but prayer, uh, spending time in the Word, and then listening to talks about the faith. That, that's, that's my way of leaning on the Lord, you know, like uh, listening to, to priests talking about how to deal with anxiety or listening to priests about talking about how to fall in love with the Lord. That gave me so much peace. I can't even, I can't even explain it. Not only does that give me peace, but it allows me to concentrate at work. Yeah. I'm working and I'm listening to this podcast and stuff and I'm praying and that's the only way that I can get through the day. And now it's, I, I almost can't live without it, you know? So, so it uh, transformed you. Oh, it did. 100%. 100% cause because before I would lean on music or other things, but it still wouldn't take, you know, still wouldn't give me that peace that I find in the Lord. And now it's like, I know I'd read it before, but until you put it into practice, you don't really experience it. And once you do, it's like, you don't want to live without it. Yeah. You know? One of the scripture meditations that I was doing during COVID was from John 14, where Jesus says, just at the last supper to his apostles, he says, do not let your hearts be troubled. And a lot of times I've always thought, oh, that's a very comforting thought. But what struck me is like, that's an order. Jesus says, don't do it. Don't let anxiety into your heart. Don't let your hearts be troubled. He was really like, that's forceful. Yeah. So anytime I feel like anxiety creeping up in my heart, I'm like, don't let it. Don't even give it like a foothold. You know? And don't you think it's interesting that he said that right before his passion? Yeah. He's preaching about don't let your heart be troubled. And he was about to give up his life for us. Yeah. Like, that's huge. His apostles were probably pretty terrified. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything is going down. <laughs> For sure. Now, Diane, I know you pray a very beautiful prayer. I see you with that little prayer booklet every day. Tell us about that prayer. Yeah. So I pray um, the litany of trust and I went to a mass with the Sisters of Life and they just handed me the little card one day and uh, it was perfect timing because I think the biggest thing for me in my spiritual journey has been growing in trust and trusting the Lord. Um, and I think a lot of times, you know, we don't know where to start or how to trust. And it's like, you learn to trust by trusting and you learn to trust by praying, um, for the grace to trust. And that has been really transformational for me. Um, just realizing too, that like my life and our lives are not our own. So we don't really have to fear anything because everything is a gift and we're not, missing out on anything. Um, we don't, even our health, like it's, it's not ours to lose. It's, it's a gift and God can take it when he wants or, or how he wants. And just that prayer of surrender, because I struggle with control. I want to control everything. And I've gotten a lot better, like with that prayer. And because prayer is the only thing that's helped me. Um, but you know, I obviously still have a ways to go, even the sort of like surrender state that I'm in right now, I feel like I'm trying to control the surrender. So it's, it's baby steps, but it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. I like what you said that the only way you learn to trust is by trusting. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. You uh, have to. I was listening to a, um, pod, uh, to a homily from, uh, father Mark Goring. Um, and he talks about the way that he overcome, that he overcomes fear and anxiety and worrying is he gives thanks to the Lord. Gratitude. He says that gratitude is what helps us overcome um, fear and worrying. If we spent as much time giving thanks to the Lord as we do being anxious about things, he says that we would never be anxious. Hmm. 
about things. It's true. Because we have so much to give thanks for. We we underestimate or, or we there's things that we don't think about. Like we have a bed to sleep on. We have water. Like there's people that live without water to brush our teeth. We have water to drink at our houses. We have clothes. Like those are the things that we don't give thanks for because we take them for granted. Yeah. You know? But if we start our days giving thanks for things that happened on the day before, or if we start our days just giving thanks to the Lord for the things that we do have, the little things, that'll help us overcome our anxieties and have peace throughout the day. One of the ways which has always helped me is by looking at how God has redeemed kind of the messiness of my life in the past, you know, because there's been a lot of times when I've been like, God, how are you getting, this is a mess. What's, you know, what are you going to do? And then he comes through. You know, and that helps me to trust in the future because I know, okay, well, God's come through all these dozens of times in the past, you know. Mm -hmm. Do you have any examples of anything in your life that you thought was a complete disaster, a mess, that God ended up redeeming, you know, and turning into something very beautiful? Well, I can share. Um, in my college days, I was so obsessed with Ultimate Frisbee. And uh, my senior... How's that different than now? <laughs> <laughs> It is slightly <laughs> oh, okay, okay. slightly different. Now you just get paid for it. so Yeah, sometimes. But um, so after I graduated, I spent my first summer in Columbus. And I was playing Ultimate like five nights a week because there was a bunch of people still there from my team. And then there was like a group of guys that were there. So we would practice with just the girls and then we'd get with the guys and whatever it was. And July 4th weekend, I went to my first fun tournament. It's called Mars. And, you know, it's... Not to try to win like every tournament I did as a college student where, you know, we're disciplined and all that. It was just for fun. So it was this amazing, awesome weekend. And then the next day, July 5th, we're back playing with these guys. And someone threw me a pass way over my head. And I went up to jump for it. And my defender was much shorter than me, kind of knocked me when I was in the air. So I came down wrong and I tore my ACL. Ooh. And then my ultimate playing days were just abruptly over, right? I could barely walk. I was on crutches. And then I was also alone, like every single day, because I had two roommates and they were never there. Uh, I couldn't play ultimate, which is what everybody else was doing. I couldn't really get around, you know, because I was crutching. So I was really sad, you know. And so hard. Yeah, yeah, so it was horrible. You know, I went from like the biggest high, like I had just played college nationals, which our program made for the first time. So it was a big deal. It was awesome. We went out to Boulder, Colorado, all this stuff. Like I said, playing every day too. I can't play at all. I'm alone. So what did I do? I made a Twitter account <laughs> <laughs> and I followed like ACL problems, you know, like, oh, I can relate with these people now, but I didn't turn, you know, to my faith because mm. that was just nowhere on my conscious at that point. You know mm. what I mean? I was just very in like my college lifestyle. And for me, that was playing ultimate. So then I ended up getting surgery, right? Then I had to rehab, come back from surgery. You know, that takes like nine months to a year for most people. The following fall, I tore my other ACL. Oh no. So not only was I stopped once, I was stopped twice. So that one God's I was really like <laughs> Right? See that's yeah. what I can see now. Right? Like literally now, like so so uh so many years later. Um and I can just look back and say, Oh, I was so focused on this thing. Like my faith was still a part of my life, but it wasn't the focus of my life. Do you know right. what I mean? Right, right. Um and I think he tried in a few ways to kind of wake me up. Uh, and then, like, I didn't uh, end up playing Club Ultimate for three years. Like, that's how long it took to recover and get back. So that was a really hard time. But 
you know, even just going through the surgeries and the rehab, like that alone, I think made me a much stronger person. Mm. And, you know, I saw how I could persevere. And the second one, I was playing ultimate like within six months because I was like, I can do this. You know what I mean? Like, which is really rare. You've already done it before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I just went through the rehab the prior year. So I knew everything. And then even since I've kind of had um, different injuries, you know, like I think the ACLs are fine but then other things happen you know like i've had um plantar fasciitis like i had that for a year like it's just kind of been da 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 thing to thing to thing but all of them i think make me stronger and certainly back you know 2011 and 2012 or when these surgeries happened that was a really hard time for me and it might sound silly to somebody else like oh you couldn't play your sport anymore like whoop de do but this was my <laughs> life like really so it, sure. it was a hard time sure. and i think god did kind of transform me through that and like bring me through to the other side sure mm. yeah oftentimes god takes away the things that we make idols in our life yeah that, you know? that's exactly it in my case and but also forms us in that in as you say perseverance and virtue and, and strength you know we're going to take a break right now and we'll come back in a brief minute to talk more about fear and how we overcome fear through our trust in god thanks for joining us Hey, did you know you can take Veritas Catholic Network with you wherever you go? All you have to do is download the Veritas Catholic Network app. Then you can listen to the live broadcast 24 hours a day. You can also grab podcasts of our original shows like Let Me Be Frank and Restless and much more right at your fingertips and on your phone. Download the Veritas Catholic Network app today at the Apple App Store or on the Google Play Store or visit www.veritascatholic.com. And welcome back to Restless. I'm Father Joseph Gill with Javier, Diane, and Lauren. And we've been talking about fear and trust. How do you trust God, especially when we face fears every day? You know, fears about our future, fears about our health, fears about our vocation. So we were talking about how uh, definitely when we can look back sometimes, we can see how God has moved through some of the most difficult times in our life. And that helps us to trust him in the future. So Diane and Javi, do either of you guys have a, a story about, you know, a time that You've seen God moving through a very difficult time in your life? I think for me, um, when I was looking at colleges, um, I really wanted to go to one college, um, and I got a big scholarship to another. And, you know, I kind of felt guilty and bad about passing up that scholarship. Um, So I ended up going to a particular college, and I was very bitter about it for quite a while. Um, but looking back on it now, I mean, I probably would have been in Philadelphia or somewhere. I mean, my life would not be what it is today, like meeting all these great friends and, um, you know, growing my faith and doing these Bible studies and, you know, things with other people in the young adult community, like the Catholic community here in Stanford. So, um, I think it's just one of those things that I look back to and kind of remember whenever I'm feeling fearful or distrustful that, you know, God has a plan and often his plan is very, very different than mine. Um, so it's, it's a good thing to remember that, um, you know, he knows us better than we know ourselves. Someone once said, I forget who it was that said that there were more tears shed over answered prayers than over unanswered prayers. Mm. Yeah. In a sense, when we get our will, done or more miserable than if we just surrendered to God's will. Um, For me, uh, it it was recent too. Uh, Back in um, 
February or March. Um, March, my uh, my manager came up to me and said, Javi, your um, your assignment is going to be up in April. Um, and I mean, as you guys know, like I love being here because I'm. This is where I've grown in my faith. You know. Um, so you would have had to move. You would. They wouldn't have other assignments for you. I, w- I would have had to move uh, to Texas, and so or that's where that's where my choice was. But it was tough because, you know, I wanted to move to Texas as well because that's where my family was. And at that point in time, I started talking to a lady who's now my girlfriend, and uh, you know, <laughs> um, who's here in the studio. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so it was a tough it was a tough decision because both ways. I feel like. You know, either decision, you know, whatever, whatever ended up happening, if I stayed up here, I was going to give up the opportunity to be with my family and be with um, uh, my girlfriend. And uh, um, going down to Texas, I was going to give up this community that I have right here, all this growth. And um, I think at that point, you and I had already started talking about doing this podcast and everything. And so oh, there was so much, but... That was the first time that probably was what made me grow the most in my faith in the last six months, because it was the first time in my life that I prayed for peace. I said, Lord, not my will, but your will. But I said, whatever it is, Lord, just give me peace. That's what I want to feel. Peace. My life is yours. Seriously. I got that email uh, from Dallas. Um saying that I didn't get the job because it find out I was, they were interviewing me for a position that's way higher than what I have. And I was totally confused, but I felt nothing. I was not excited. I was not sad. I was not angry. Nothing. I felt peace for the first time. I didn't even know what peace felt like, to be quite <laughs> honest with you. It was the weirdest feeling. I, I read that email and I was like, I thought I was going to feel something in the pit of my stomach, whether it was excitement or fear. And nothing, nothing at all. I was like, all right, Lord, that's what you want. You want me to stay. You have plans for me here. Yeah. You know, and it, it taught me to trust, trust him. St. Ignatius of Loyola talks about what he calls holy indifference. Mm. You know, it's not preferring riches or poverty. It's not preferring, you know, success or failure. It's just saying, Lord, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm at your disposal. That, it sounds like you had that holy indifference. Yeah. There. And the thing about it is it makes gives me um, peace for the future that I can trust the Lord, mm. you know, that I can put decisions in his hands knowing that his will is sovereign. He knows He knows what's coming in the future. And so I, have comf- I can have confidence in him. Yeah. I think it was John Paul II that said, um, um, look at your past with gratitude. Look at your, pre- uh, your present um, with um, enthusiasm and look at your future with confidence. Mm. confidence in who confidence in the lord you know yeah so that's a beautiful thought yeah wow, i've never heard that quote before I yeah. like that that's those are some great testimonies of how god has moved you know i think one of the reasons why we sometimes struggle to, to trust god as you talk about is i think sometimes we doubt that he has his best our best interests in mind mm. you know why do you why do you think people struggle with that because i bet probably a lot of people struggle with that and they think that god is God wants him to be miserable or, you know, just is always throwing up roadblocks for their plans. I think it may come kind of uh, from our society and how we interact. I think 
um, we tend to value independence, right? We're all supposed to be independent and like make our own lives and whatever. And that's all good. We should all be self-sufficient. But then there's also a side that's kind of competitive to the point where it's negative, like out to get each other, right? Or like, I don't want that person to get that promotion over me, right? There's just sentiments like that. Or you can hear maybe gossip about people that put things down, right? These are all kind of common things. Um, and so I think we've kind of learned, well, I got to have my barrier up a little bit, right? Like, well, that person might be out to get me or that person might say something bad about me behind my back. And even my best friend did it to me, right? So like mm -hmm. we kind of learn through things we go through in our lives that we can't trust people, right? Um, we interact with the most. So then I think it's only natural that we would think, well, we can't really trust God because we don't know him face to face, right? We don't talk to him, mm. right? So it's different and it's unknown and therefore it's scary. So I think it's kind of... Um, easy in a way to put up those barriers and not have that trust yeah yeah and i think that like we live in a culture where every it's like everyone wants instant gratification so when you are asking for something and you're pleading and you're not getting it right away you kind of assume oh well god just doesn't love me he doesn't you know it's very easy to fall into that trap but we just i think a lot of times we don't think of things from like the an eternal perspective um, so it's, it's pretty easy to get upset, but God's, we have to keep in mind that like God doesn't necessarily, his mission isn't to make us happy. It's to make us saints. So, um, you know, Which we're often like little ultimate. children, like, you know, banging our, our hands against the table when we don't get something, but yeah. he has a reason for everything that he does and it's our sanctification. So, and to make us holy is our ultimate happiness. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And you just made me think of. I'm sure we've all experienced this, or you know someone who maybe even said it like, oh, well, I was praying for this, right? And nothing ever happened. And maybe they prayed like one day, you know? And like they expect <laughs> something immediately. Um, and I, I remember hearing a story on a podcast of a woman who um, started a penance for her son to come back to the faith, and she gave up chocolate. And this is someone who loved chocolate. And she's been doing it for like 20 years, you know? And she just continues that sacrifice and offers those prayers up in the hope that her son's going to come back, but it may take an extremely long time. And that, that's the case with all of us and whatever our prayers might be, you know? And like Diane said, we we just kind of lack the patience, I think, and the trust. Or, or we want to know why. Like, oh, I lost my job or whatever, and I want to get one next week, but it's not happening. Well, why? Oh, I can't trust God. God's out to get me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think um, we're, it's our nature. We're fallen creatures because of Adam and Eve, and therefore we... We grow up in we grow up in this world, learning to love this world and learning to love the things of this world. That's what society tells us from the time we're kids: to love money, to love possessions, to love success, to love everything. And with that comes what you said: comparison. Comparison is the thief of joy. And what is joy? Joy is our assurance, our steadfast assurance that God ultimately is in control of our lives. And so, for me, that's what it is. It's just. We grow up in this world and we're constantly comparing ourselves to our neighbor. Our neighbor has more. And so as much as we're growing with the Lord, there's always the enemy in our shoulder telling us, mm, that person just got a promotion. Oh, but that person just got a car. Oh, but that person just got a house and you're 30 and you don't have a house, mm. you know? Yeah. And so that to me, that's what it is. I mean, like, and once you, once you lose that peace that comes from the Lord, you know, that's where the enemy gets in. Yeah, yeah. You know, I have a really, really good friend by the name of uh, Chris, and he's got five kids and one on the way. 
I guess his wife has one on the way. He doesn't, but, <laughs> and I see him with his uh, one and a half year old and he takes his one and a half year old and throws him like three feet in the air and then catches him again. And this kid loves it. He is having the blast. And I'm, I'm sitting there looking and being like, oh my gosh, what if he <laughs> misses? Like, what if the kid falls to the ground? He's falling like 10 feet down. But this kid has such a surrender to his dad because he knows yeah. his dad's there and he knows his dad loves him and his dad will never let him fall. And so he could just totally just surrender himself to the experience and have fun with it, you know? And that's what we have to be like with our Heavenly Father. It's, you know what? God's got this. He's got this in control. Because he, he's a good, good father. He is a good, good father. Thank you. I think Chris Tomlin wrote that, right? I think he did. <laughs> Chris I think Tomlin. he did. Thanks for quoting it. And so that'll do it for this week on Restless. Thanks for joining us. We talked about fear. So do not let your hearts be troubled. There's a great prayer, this litany of trust that Diane was talking about. Go look it up if you're struggling with trusting God. And as she said, you know, the only way to trust is to trust. You know, just kind of put yourself out there and know that God is a good father who has you and your entire life in his hands. Thanks for joining us. We're on the radio at 1350 AM, Veritas Catholic Network, and also wherever you get your podcasts. You can also find The Restless Show on Facebook and YouTube. See you next week.